Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. So turn with me to scripture in Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26, verse 2 uh, through 3, and then we're going to do 6 through 10. And uh, so where we're picking up this evening in scripture is that we're picking up a story about Isaac and his wife, Rebecca, and so God has this instructed Isaac, uh, who is a uh, you know son of Abraham, who is used to being nomadic. So Abraham, you know, his descendants became known as Hebrews, right? And what Hebrews means is means nomadic, people who are constantly on the move. So Abraham was constantly on the move. Isaac, Jacob, all the Hebrews, they, were, they didn't have a set home, right? They were still uh, trying to get settled in the promised land, but they didn't have a set home until then. And so uh, when people referred to them as Hebrews, what, were, what they were calling them was people who had no home, nomadic. And so um, Isaac is used to going from place to place, not being um, in any one spot for too long. Uh, and then this is where we pick up in Scripture where God um, instructs him. In verse 2 it says, The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you and bless you. And then we're going to skip down to verse 6, and it says this. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. Now when the men who lived there asked Isaac about his wife, Rebekah, he said, She is my sister. See, he was afraid to say she is my wife, for he thought that they will kill me to get to her because she is so beautiful. But sometime later, Abimelech, okay, I looked up how to say that, king of the Philistines looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. Kind of awkward. Immediately, Abimelech called for Isaac and explained, she is obviously your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Because I was afraid someone would kill me to get her from me, Isaac replied. How could you do this to us, Abimelech explained. One of my people might have easily have taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of a great sin. Turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's message, Fighting Fiction. Fighting Fiction. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for tonight. Um, I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you that this message that we're about to hear is going to fall on open hearts and open minds, Father, that uh, you're just going to communicate through me what you have communicated through me during studying, God, and that uh, we just give this service over to you, over to your spirit, Father, and that we believe that when you have full reign, um, our lives will change for the better. And God, let this weather um, either stay a little longer to water some things down or go away. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. Amen. So when I was in middle school, uh, one of the things or, or, or what's unique about the middle school I intended was that we were only allowed to carry binders. No backpacks. I think it was a safety, re safety regulation, but we were only allowed to carry binders. And uh, don't worry, I'm going somewhere with the story. So we're only allowed to carry binders. And so all of our stuff is packed in this binder. And, and so it's just like Ziploc binder. And this is the first year I'm going, attending this school. And so I didn't know that it was a thing for when you had your binders that people would write on them all the time. Okay, And a lot of times it would be if you were a guy, girls would write on your binders, and if you're a girl, the guys were like, so, you know, it's kind of like a flirt, flirting thing that was thing, whatever, um, but, uh, so I have my binder, and um, not to brag, but I have, like, you know, ton of girls, I'm midway through this year, ton of girls have written their names on my binder, and they write stuff like, 
you know, so-and-so loves you or so-and-so this. And like, so this all is all over my binder. And so I'm halfway through the year, and this binder, as you know, like, I'm in middle school, so this binder is, is getting ruined. And uh, when um, I know they try to use that, having a binder as a way of safety, but eventually we're just hitting each other with our binders. We're so bored with them. So my binder's getting ruined. So halfway through the semester, I get a new uh, binder. So brand new. And so there's this girl in uh, middle school. I'm in eighth grade at the time. And she has this big crush on me. And um, this for privacy, I'm not going to use her name. So we'll just refer to her as Jezebel, okay? So <laughs> Jezebel has this big crush on me. And she sees an opportunity to stake claim on my binder because there's no names. There's no nothing. It's like it's a clean new binder. And, and so... Um, when one class that I had with her, you know, I, I put my binder, you know, on my, on my desk, and I had to use the rest of my com- or do something. I come back, and I look at my binder, and it says, you know, Jezebel loves you. All over my binder. All over. Now, here's the thing. You know, yeah, Jezebel was kind of weird, but the, 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 the thing is that she had a boyfriend, okay? And for privacy reasons, we won't use his real name. We'll call him Ahab, okay? <laughs> so she had this boyfriend Ahab, who, me and him, we didn't get along, okay? And so I'm in this predicament, because I'm like, okay, my binder has Jezebel's name all over it, and I don't like this girl, I don't want to do anything with this girl, yeah, and so, and now when Ahab sees that I have this binder with his girlfriend, like, we're going to get in a fight, so this is what I'm thinking, and so I go home that day, and I am terrified, because Ahab is one of those big corn-fed country people, you know what I'm saying, have you ever met these, like, he's, he was in eighth grade, but he, he was like this big lineman, and so I'm just like, and, you know, it might surprise you, but I was a skinny Mexican back, back then, so my, that might be surprising to some of y'all, and so I'm this little guy, and there's this, you know, huge Ahab, and so I'm just thinking, like, okay, how am I going to survive, you know, right, and so I'm thinking of all these different ways, and, and I'm expecting, I'm saying, you know what, like, when I go to school tomorrow, we're going to get in a fight. Like, there's no getting away around it because we already don't really like each other that much. Like, you know, and, and um, so that night, I'm just like, trying to think of all these different ways how I can, like, either prepare myself. I was doing some emergency push-ups to get stronger, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't going to help me at all. Like, I'm just trying, like, I'm getting ready. I'm, like, doing, like, a Rocky training video, like, getting ready for a fight. And um, so I'm going to school, and so I'm all nervous, and I'm like, I'm like okay, I'm going to get in a fight. This guy's going to, like, obviously, like, he's going to be so upset. And so I come with my binder that has Jezebel's name all over it. And, and I see this guy, and I'm so ready. I come up to him. I'm like, hey, dude, are you ready? And, I, I, like, I was, so, I, was, I was so ready for, for something that was in my mind. Like, it was such a fact that that fight was going to happen. And this guy, Ahab, all of a sudden is like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you don't, you don't see like, what's on my binder? And he was like, oh, no worries. It's not a big, like, don't worry about it. And I was like, wait, what? Like, we're not going to fight? And, it, and it, it made me realize, like, kind of what this, this story we just read about Isaac, that, that sometimes these issues that we, these big issues we have in our life are really disillusioned, you know? As, as we look at Isaac, he had this big issue, and it's, this, it, it's a weird issue. It's one of those you're trying to ask yourself, how do you come to this issue? This issue was that his wife was really attractive. That was Isaac's issue. And so he said, you know what? I'm going to say that my wife is my sister so I could avoid being killed. Like, that's really weird. Right? Like, how do you come to that conclusion? 
but sometimes we can get really worked up in our, in our minds, right? Sometimes we can see things that aren't really there, that they can be so true in our minds, and we can focus on them, and we can be confused to the point where we make issues out of nothing, right? out of thin air, right? And we can get all worked up about little things. And, and so Isaac, right, he was really convinced. Isaac was convinced in the story that if people found out he was married to Rebecca, then they were going to kill him. Right, that's really, that's really weird. And so what I realize is that the enemy wants us to do the same thing. The enemy wants us to be focused on all the wrong issues, right? Because the, the enemy knows that if we are constantly fighting shadows, then we won't find our solution, right? If we're constantly fighting against things that don't even exist, they exist, exist in our minds, then we won't find the actual problems that we have in our life, right? right. Amen, y'all hear what I'm saying? Right. And so... Just like the enemy wants us to focus on all the wrong things, right? The enemy wants us to focus on our dating life rather than our devotion life, right? The, the, the enemy would rather us, you know, just serve ourselves all day than serve others, right? He wants us to focus on all the wrong things so we can get all the wrong answers. You see, he wants us to focus on the chaos so we can forget about our calling. In Romans 12, 2, it says this, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that means to have a renewal of the mind means having a removal of the old. I'll get what I'm saying. To have a renewal of, the, of your mind means that I have to remove some old thoughts, some old thinking out of it to have something new. I'll get what I'm saying. So... What, what that scripture is saying says that not only does God want to transform our hearts, but he wants to transform our minds. See, a change, a change mentality means that we can change our reality. See, maybe that if I can change my mindset about some things, maybe I could be able to change my marriage. Or if I can change my mindset, maybe I can change my mood. What, what that scripture is saying is that if I have a change mentality, then I can change my reality. Amen. If I can change my mindset, then I can change my life. If y'all didn't realize it or not, there is a battle going on in our life every day. Every day there's a battle going on, and that battle is trying to find out what is fact and what is fiction, right? Trying to find out what is real and what is illusion, what is important and what is not. See, the enemy wants us to be deceived in our thinking and to just focus on all the wrong areas so we can get all the wrong answers, right? He wants us to focus on things that aren't important, Right? Focus on dumb stuff like I thought I was going to be in a fight and be all worked up about it when that was never even a solution. I could have easily just texted Ahab right, and been like, hey, bro, everything okay? But I did. I was so worked up in my mind. And just like Isaac, he became so worked up about things that wasn't even there and, and made up all these issues that weren't even needed to take place. You see, John 8.32 says the truth right, will set us free. So that means that sometimes we have become imprisoned by life's illusions. Sometimes we can be, 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 be saved, right, but feel stuck. Sometimes we feel like, we, yeah, we, we know Jesus is there, but sometimes we can feel stuck in our own thinking. Sometimes we can feel stuck and, and feel like we're believing all the wrong things and we're, we're trying to follow after all the wrong issues. I know this is a, this is a, a different kind of message going in different kind of places, but you see, what the enemy is trying to tell us and is, is he's trying to convince us that, right, all the time that we're not smart enough, right? 
He's trying to convince us that we're not good enough. That, that the reason why we, he wants us to focus on illusions, because if we focus on illusions, we'll come to conclusions that we're not enough. Right? It will, we'll come to the conclusion that we're not good enough. And so that's what the enemy wants us to believe. But the truth is, by ourselves, we are not enough. Right? But with Jesus, we are more than enough. Right? With Jesus, we are more than a conqueror, the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Amen? So what are we going to look at tonight is how do we... How, how can somebody like Isaac, whenever I read the, read the Bible, I, I, I start with the mindset of saying, he's just a normal dude, all right? There's nothing really crazy awesome about him, and there's also nothing really dumb about him. Like, he's just a normal dude. So I look at Isaac, I said, how can a normal dude come to the conclusion that if he doesn't lie about who his wife is, he's going to die? Like, how, how does that, how do you come to the conclusion? Like, obviously, there has to be some frame of thinking, like at some point along the way, he started believing lies. Some point along the way, he started focusing on the wrong issues. And, and so what we're going to look at tonight is, is how can we get so pers- persuaded by something that is fabricated? How can we be so, so focused on things that aren't actually even there? And, and the, sh- the short answer is that that doesn't happen all at once. It happens over time. We, we, we get deceived over time. We, 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 we start following the wrong direction over time. And so what we're going to look at tonight, and the re- reason I have the TV up here, is that there's a cycle. There is a cycle of how we can get lost in the illusions of our life. There's a cycle of how a thought can come to our mind that doesn't even exist, but then we can focus on it for so long that we can act upon it as, it, as if it is real. We can, we can make the mistake Isaac made and which he went up, and not only did he think he might die if they found out he was married to Rebecca, but he, he lied about who his wife was. You see what I'm saying? And so we're going to take a look at this cycle. Y'all want to take a look at it with me? All right. So the first point or the first cycle for tonight is the first thing we do is that we, we imagine what the issue is. We imagine these, these issues, right? So... Who knows, whenever we meet an opportunity, we begin, we begin to think of all the different oppositions, right? As soon as we think of an opportunity, we begin to think of everything that could possibly go wrong. Am I right? So as soon as Isaac got the, heard from God that he was supposed to stay where he's at, he started thinking of all the things that could go wrong. And one of the things he imagined, he was saying, you know what, if I stay here, these guys might kill me because I'm married to Rebecca. Like, that was one of the things he thought of. He, he imagined the issue. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Who knows that any time that we come to a new uh, opportunity or come to a new direction in our, in our life, we try to think of every single possible scenario. Is anybody with me? We try to think of every single possible scenario so then we can think of how to, to combat against that so we can feel prepared. Am I right? So we can feel like we are prepared for every single scenario. You see, what Isaac was trying to do, and he was thinking of every possible situation, and he was trying to think of, of how can I be prepared. But here's the thing. We're not supposed to trust in our preparedness. We're supposed to trust in God's provision, right? We're not supposed to trust that, hey, I'm prepared enough for, for my purpose. We're supposed to trust that, hey, God will provide for my purpose. You see, if we focus so much on getting prepared for life, I'm telling you we're never going to reach our goal. We're never going to do it because if we were able to accomplish our purpose on our own, we wouldn't need God. 
who knows we need God. We need him in our lives. We need him so much that I, I'm here to tell you tonight that if, you don't, if you're not following after him, you'll never step into your purpose. You need him to be with you for you to step into your purpose fully. So we're not supposed to just rely on our preparedness. We're supposed to rely, rely that, hey, God is going to provide. Amen? Amen? So what we need to go is that we need to be focused on not just the, on the how it's going to happen, but say, you know what, I know who's going to do it for me. See, Isaac was so caught up on, okay, if I'm going to be here, how am I supposed to stay in this country who people I'm not really friends with, how am I supposed to do that? And he started thinking of all these hows, and one of the crazy hows he came up with is, well, I'm going to start telling people that Rebecca is my sister instead of my wife, right? Like, you see how he started to become to this conclusion, this crazy conclusion? Instead of saying, hey, you know what? I don't really know how this is all going to work out, but I know who told me it was going to work out. And when you focus on the who, the how doesn't matter. And who, who's thankful that when you focus on who God is, you don't have to worry about how it's going to happen. You just know he's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? That's how faith happens. You see, the enemy's goal is for us to focus on the imagined issues instead of the important issues. See, he wants us to focus on our outer appearance rather than our inner condition, right? He would rather us focus on things that aren't, are more imaginary than important because if he can focus, get us to focus on all the wrong things, then we can't get where God wants us to go. We can be, be deceived, we can be trapped. So he wants us to focus more on what people think about us rather than what the Bible says about us, right? See, the enemy's tool of destruction is distraction because he knows if, he can, if we can get us to focus on what is trivial, we'll never find the truth. Amen? Amen? Don't hear me tonight. And so that is the, the first thing that we do, and the first thing that Isaac did, all he did was he just imagined an issue. In his imagination, he just said, okay, and his imagination started going wrong. with the man, and he, and he just had a thought that, you know what, these people might kill me if they find out I'm married. And here's the thing, a lot of, a lot of times we have some crazy, crazy imaginations, right? Who know, whoever gets some crazy thoughts, you're like, where did that come from? Anybody have that? And you just kick it out right away. Right? But here's the thing. Isaac didn't kick out that crazy thought. He did the second part of our cycle, and he began to idolize the issue. Idolize the issue. And, if, and so when you idolize the issue, now it's not just a thought anymore. Now it's a provoking thought. Right? Now it's just not something that was in one ear, out the other. Now you're kind of meditating on this thought, on this issue. And Isaac started saying, you know what? I think I might die if people find out that Rebecca is my wife. You see, Isaac is, was, was fixated on the idea that if people found out that Rebecca was his wife, that he would probably kill him. You see, at this moment, this is when fear, right? Because when it, it all starts with fear, right? When he first imagined the issue, it, it, it gave him a little bit of fear. But when, when he begins to idolize the issue, that's when fear turns into worry. Now he's worried about this. Now Isaac is worried. Now he's saying, okay, you know what? I think it, we got a problem now. I think, I, I, I think uh, that, that now it's not just a possibility. Now he's thinking it's a probability, right? Now he, he's not thinking that it might happen. Now in his mind, he is thinking that it's probably going to happen. So he begins to idolize this issue, right? And you see, w when you encounter issues in your life, see, our response can be either worry or worship. You see, Isaac's response was worry. Right? He was like, okay, 
there is this issue, and now I'm worried that I might die if they find out that Rebecca is my wife, right? He began to, he began to worry. But here's the thing. When you worry, right, that brings the enemy praise, but when you give worship, that brings God praise. Amen? And so this is, here's what happens when you worship. When you worship, you're not reminding God of who he is. You're reminding yourself of who God is, right? And when you begin to worship, now all of a sudden these things that you're worrying about seems like smaller and smaller, and, God, and your God gets bigger and bigger. That's, the, that's the, what's so powerful about worship is that when you begin to give him your praise and you start, remind, start reminding yourself, hey, my God is bigger, all of a sudden these worries begin to fall away. Amen? Amen? You see, what happened with Isaac is that he began to focus so much on his fear that his fears in, ex- expanded instead of his faith began to expand. A lot of times that happens with us. We can focus so much on what we're fearful that instead of our faith being expanded, our fears are expanded. And we begin to get even more worried. And we're saying, hey, you know what? This thing, this issue that we have in our lives, because right, we all have that thing, right? We all have that issue. And we're like, this issue in my life, like, like it's got me worried. I'm not going to lie. And I'm fearful that this might happen. So, so this is what Isaac's thinking. A lot of times that's what we're thinking. But when we have that kind of mindset, what we're doing is that we're not expanding our faith. We're actually just expanding our fears. And we're giving our fears more power over us. You see, what you feed grows, right? What you feed grows. So when you focus on your fears, you're making your fears more intense, right? I know this because I am extremely, or not extremely, I'm, I'm trying not to be extremely anymore, but I'm scared of heights, okay? I, am, I do not like heights so much that I am constantly, I'm constantly trying to defeat my fear of heights. And um, like even like, even if I get on like a tall ladder and I look down, I get a little queasy. And so anytime I go to Six Flags, like I do, I, it, it's torture, but I do it. I do the scream. You all know what the scream is? Where it takes you all the way and your feet are dangling. Like I do that every time because I'm trying to conquer my, my, my fear of heights. But I started to realize that I was focusing on that fear too much. And, and, I, and I began to say, you know what? Instead of focusing on how afraid of, of I am of it, I'm just going to go up there and say, hey, you know, and, and not focus it on and all. And I did the scream again, and it was crazy. Instead of me being focusing on my fear, I just focused on what I was doing, and I wasn't that scared anymore. I was scared the next time I did it, but that's a different story because I think I forgot about it. But I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to get over that fear of heights. But, but the thing is, we're not supposed to focus on our fears because whatever we feed grows. Amen. And so th- here's the only thing. Here's the only thing the enemy can do. It's, it's crazy because the enemy has no power of us. He, he really doesn't. But the only thing the enemy can do, he can just plant a seed in your mind. That's all he can do. He can't make it grow. He can't make that seed flourish. All he can do is just plant it in your mind, plant a thought. Then it's, it's us who gives that seed power. It's us who makes it grow. It's us who makes this, this little lie that the enemy planted in our mind. It's us who focuses on it and, and makes it grow and makes it to where now all of a sudden this little thought is now a stronghold in our mind, and now we're insecure, and now we don't know what we're doing. Now we're worried. Now we're doing what Isaac was doing, and he's looking around, and it's this issue that, who knows, it was never an issue with Isaac. Nobody was going to kill him, right? Nobody was going to kill Isaac because he was married to Rebecca, but he was just thinking about this issue for so long and he, in his imagination, and he started idolizing it so much that he thought in his mind that was an issue, right? In his mind, he thought, I might die. So it is, this is very serious to Isaac. But what, what we're supposed to be is what the enemy wants us to, to be so much focused on our problems that we forget about God's promises. 
That's what the enemy wants us to do. Because that's what Isaac was doing. He was so focused on his, that issue that he might die if they find out that he's married to Rebecca, that he's, he's not even looking around at all the promises that God gave him. He's like, hey, you have a wife, and apparently she's really attractive, you know, to, you know, somebody attractive. So he's not even seeing all these promises around him because he's so focused on the problems. And so that's what the enemy tries to do for us is that when you're so focused on what's going wrong, you'll never realize oh, what's going right around you. You ever know those people who seem so successful and they have like everything that you want, but when you talk to them, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it because they're just talking about all their problems or talking about all these things that are going wrong. And you're like, bro, you have everything, you have the life I want. Like why are you like, you know, like, but people can be so focused on, on, on all the problems and that's what the enemy wants us to do is to focus on our problems so we will miss God's promises. And instead of focusing on, 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 on what we lack, we need to start focusing on what God has given us, right? Amen? Amen? And so that's the second, right? We're going to cycle, right? Uh, so Isaac first imagined this issue, right? It started out as a thought that, you know, Rebecca, my wife, I need to act like she's my sister. So, okay, y'all know what I'm talking about. It started out as a thought. He imagined it. Then he started to idolize on this thought. He started to meditate on it. And the next thing he did is that he began to feel insecure about the issue. Now he's insecure about it. You see, this goes from, this is probably going to happen. Now he's thinking when he's feeling insecure, now he believes it's going to happen. Now he's, now, now this is when worry, this is when worry turns into anxiety, right? He's no longer worried about this issue. Now he's anxious. He's like, okay, I need to do something. Now he's, now he's like walking around, probably pacing in his tent, going like this, you know, like, like, this is a big issue in his mind now. Now he has, now he's insecure about it. Now he's thinking, hey, if I don't do something soon, I might die. Like, it's serious to him now. Now he feels insecure about the issue. But in the same way, we can do the same thing all the time, right? Whenever we feel insecure about an issue, we think it has to, like, something needs to change, right? And, and, we, and we think that, that if, if something doesn't change, people are going to notice or something's going to happen. Uh, like, have you ever gotten, like, a, like a stain on your shirt? And you feel insecure about it, so now you're walking everywhere like this. And, and you're trying to let, not let people see, but you're bringing more intention to yourself than you would otherwise because you have a little spot. But because you feel insecure about it, you're just like worried. You know what I'm saying? Isaac's doing the same thing. He's so insecure about the is, this issue, now he feels anxious about it. And see, this is, when, this is when fear really gets a grip of us. This is when we feel helpless now. Right? Isaac is now feeling helpless. Now he feels like there is no way out. Right? There's no way, like, I need to find a solution to this problem. And, and he thinks, and th this is when we fully buy into a lie from the enemy, when we reach this point. This is when we fully buy into it. Now we're saying, hey, you know what? Like, when the enemy tries to tell us that we're not good enough, this is when we fully buy into it that, hey, you know what? I'm not good enough for this, or I'm not smart enough for that. This, at this point of the cycle, this is when we fully buy into the enemy's lie. And we're just anxious about it, we're insecure about it. But you see, in First Peter, 5 verse 7 it says this cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you you see cast you so to cast your anxiety on him doesn't mean we're supposed to live carelessly but it means that now we can live carefree did y'all get what i'm saying when we cast all our anxieties on god that doesn't mean that we can now live carelessly but now we can live carefree y'all get what i'm saying that doesn't mean that we can walk around like like we don't have to, uh, like, 
we can do dumb stuff, right? No, but now that means that God, right, God can take care of us because it says he cares for us. He cares for us. So not only does God care about us, but he does the caring for us, meaning that we're not supposed to carry around the weight of the world, but we're just supposed to carry around the way of, of the word, right? And we're just supposed to say, hey, you know what? I am a child of God. I know who I am. I'm not going to carry this weight because let me tell you, we, were never, we're ne- we weren't created to carry the weight of the world. You might have a lot of responsibilities. You might have a lot of things on, on your plate, but we weren't meant to do this life alone. We weren't meant. We weren't created to do this life alone. We were created to have this dependency on God. And so when Scripture tells us to cast all our worries upon God, what he's saying is, let me do the heavy lifting for you, right? Let me do the work for you. Let me take care of of all these worries and all these needs. You just be obedient. I'll do the heavy lifting. Amen? And so this is, that is what God is for us, is that he takes care of us. Amen? Who's thankful that we have a God who takes care of us? So now, right, Isaac imagined the issue, right? Y'all see what's happening. Now he's begins to idolize the issue, and now he's become insecure about the issue. Now he has this feeling that if something's not done, like, he believes this in his mind. It's like, this is how we can become deceived. He believes, he truly believes in his mind now that if I don't do something about this, people are going to come to my house or to my tent, whatever, and kill me. And so this leads us to our final point of the cycle is then we invent the issue. Then we invent the issue. See, this is when our anxiety turns into action. This is when we make decisions and we look back in our life and say, what was I thinking? You know, this is when we act out of desperation. This is when, when we act out of fear. See, this is when we have reacted to something that wasn't even real in the first place. This is when we have acted on something that was just built up with anxiety, that was just built up by fear. You see, by acting out by fear, what we, we invent issues that weren't even there. We, we invent issues that, that were never actually a reality. And in verse 10, what we read when Abimelech was talking to Isaac, he said this, he said, how could you do this to us? Abimelech explained, one of my people might have easily taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of great sin. You see, now Isaac has problems with Abimelech, right? Because he was acting on an issue that wasn't even real. What if there's some issues in our life that are not by the enemy or are not by this? We invent our own issues sometimes. Because we act out by fear, we act out by anxiety, and although we're, we're, we're so worried about something, or who knows, there can be times when we don't know how to, to pay the bills, or we don't know how this is going to happen. So we do something out of desperation that we then look back and we regret. Or we do something uh, out of anxiety that we look back and say, man, why did I think to do that? Why was I ever doing that? It's because... Right where the enemy has us, the enemy wants us to act out on our anxieties. See, I wonder how many problems we have created in our lives because we were convinced of a lie. How many times have we acted out on something that wasn't true in the first place? How many times has the enemy lied to us 
and we took that into our mind, and we meditated on it, and instead of casting it out, we let it grow in our mind, and it became, all of a sudden it becomes a real insecurity in our lives, and all of a sudden something that was never meant to, to, from God is now something relevant in our lives. Now Isaac has acted out the issue, he, and, and now he starts telling people that Rebecca is his sister because he's scared that he might die if they think it's his wife, which is really dumb, and we all know that's dumb, and Isaac probably looks back and says, well, that was probably dumb to do. But now he's, now, not only did he do that, now he's inventing all these issues around him. Now he's made the king Ebenezer mad, saying, why would you lie to me, dude? Like, why, why, didn't, why weren't you just straight up? And, and so now the final place of the cycle is then we begin to invent our issues. As I close, Haley, will, will you come up? So here's the cycle. Isaac begins to imagine, right? He, first thing he started to do, he started to imagine his issue, right? A lot of us, we can do that. A lot, a lot of us, we're, we're, we're guilty of that. A lot of times, we just have one single thought. One single thought comes into our mind that, are, that is from the enemy, and, and if, if we know, if we dealt with it before, we know that we can just kick it out, right? We can just kick out that thought. But the second thing is that the enemy tries to make us idolize that thought, idolize that issue, make us focus on, on that, that lie that he told us, and all of a sudden we're focused on it, and the more we focus on the lie, the more true it looks. And I'm telling you, that happens every time, but that, that's just illusion and a lie from the enemy. And then we begin to idolize it, to eventually now we feel insecure about it. Now we actually start to believe these lies that the enemy is telling us. Now we actually start to believe the lies that the, the enemy says that nobody loves us or nobody cares about us or, or nobody is for us. Now we're starting to actually believe on it. And then the last part of the cycle, then we begin to invent the issue. Now we're creating things that are lies in our lives. Now we're, doing, now we're acting out our fears. We're acting out our anxiety. Now we're doing things that were never meant for us, but because we believed a lie, now we're creating all these problems around us. Will you stand up with me tonight as I'm closing? Did y'all get what I'm saying tonight? I know it's kind of a different message. In Genesis 26, 9, so if you have this question, you're saying, well, Caleb, how can I know what is lie and what is not? How can I realize, okay, so now I see the cycle. How can I break the cycle? Now I, I see what happens if I let thoughts stick around that are from the enemy. How can I kick out the thought or, or how can I just recognize what is lie and what is not? Genesis 26, 9, it says this. It says, immediately, Abimelech called for Isaac and explained, she is obviously your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Because I was afraid. Somebody say afraid. Because I was afraid. So this is the question you need to ask yourself. Am I reacting by fear or am I, or am I responding by faith? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Because the closing thought is this. Reacting by fear subdues you to the enemy, but responding with faith submits you to God. Reacting by fear subdues you to the enemy, but responding with faith submits you to God. What that means is that whenever we react with fear, whenever there's something, thought comes into our mind, and we feel anxiety about it, when we feel fearful about it, and we give into it, what we're doing is that we're giving right into the hands of the enemy. 
but God always wants us to respond by faith. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So that's, this is what I'm trying to say. If that thought makes you feel fearful, that's not from God. If that thought makes you feel anxiety, it's not from God. If that thought makes you feel insecure about yourself, it's not from God. How easy it is to notice it is if it doesn't get, make you feel closer to God, it's making you feel closer to the enemy, and you need to kick out that thought. Amen? Why it's so important to focus on the thoughts in our minds, because if you watch this cycle, it doesn't happen all, all at once, but if you're not intentional about what's in your mind, you, you'll see things take place in your life that you never thought you would do, and you'll be like Isaac, and you look back, and you say, why did I lie about my wife being my sister? How can I do something so stupid? It starts out as a thought, right? It starts out as a thought. And if you don't subdue your thoughts from the enemy and you just give in to fear, what you're doing is that you're giving those thoughts life. And you're, and you're making those thoughts in your mind grow. And pretty soon you begin to see that cycle in your life take place. And you begin to look around and you, and you look back and you say, how did all this happen? It all started with a thought. So I just want us to sing a couple songs tonight or just one song. But what I want to ask God, or what I want y'all to ask God is, as you're seeing, ask God, say, God, what is the enemy trying to lie to me? What are some issues in my life that were actually illusions? That the enemy has been lying to me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not strong enough, that I'm, I'm not a good wife, or I'm not a good dad. What are some lies in my life that I need to subdue, amen? What are some aspects in my life that I need to kick out, and I need to, I need to, like call out the enemy and say, you know what? That is a lie. That's not from God. I'm going to kick that out of my mind. I'm not going to give the enemy power anymore. Amen. So let's just give, let's just sing one time tonight. Let's give God praise. And let's just welcome in his presence. Let's draw a circle around us. And this for a couple minutes, let's have some one-on-one -on -one time with God. And let's ask him, Father, what are some lies in my life that I need to kick out? What are some thoughts in my mind that I need to let go of? What are some things in my life that I need the Holy Spirit to subdue it, to kick it out, and to line myself up with the Word of God? Come on, let's sing together. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.